Thank you so much for joining us today. This podcast is a ministry of Mountain View Baptist Church in Thomaston, Georgia. For more information about our church or services, please visit our website at mvbaptist.org. We sincerely hope you enjoy the message. Praise the Lord. I've come too far to look back now. And I praise God for that. Some of us have been on a journey for a long time. But I can tell you all that we've been through that Jesus has been with us. I thank God for the baptisms today. Let me go ahead and have a uh, disclaimer before I get started. Before I even get started. I have some preaching to do. I'm going to do my best to be uh, done by the time Sammy wakes up. Amen? All right. But here's the thing. I'm going to try my best to be done by then. But I do want to have a disclaimer. Disclaimer. Today's sermon is about children. You say to yourself, you say, well, I don't have any children, or my children are grown, and here's a grown child now, and, and, uh, but uh, you say, uh, I don't have any children, or my grandchildren are grown, or my children are grown, or I don't have them, or I don't, I don't really care about what you're about to preach about. Well, let me tell you something. The reason, the reason God gave me that, and it wasn't because of the luncheon today, it was because of what's happening in America. If you look at what's happening in America with our media, with the things that we have available to us as such, with our children, with our youth, and all that, and before you, before you, I even get started, I want you to know that I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be hammering those youth, and I'm not going to be hammering those children. What I'm going to do in this, encouraging the church to have something to do with kids. Now, you get in here and you say, well, Ryan, I, I wanted a revival sermon. Well, we're hoping what we can do is revive the church when it comes to children. And I, I'm going to tell you, I was telling the uh, Sunday school this morning, we're already having a little bit of trouble with our, our seven-month-old grandchild. We are. We're already having a little bit of trouble. We are. Yeah, and you think, they say the terrible twos. Well, this is a terrible seven months, and we're having a, no, she's, she's a wonderful little girl. She is. But there's this thing, we got kind of lazy. We got kind of lazy, and, and uh, there are these pouches of fruit. These pouches of fruit, and not the, not the pouches you get the spoon into, but there's pouches you can squeeze it out. And so we go up there, we go feeding her and stuff, and we get that pouch, and we go to squeezing in, you know, the fruit into her mouth. But the moment you pull it away, she growls. She, Ugh! and you're like, hold on a second, hold on. So you put it back there, and you give her a little bit more fruit. You pull it back, and she growls. Just, it's seven months old. This seven months old. Finally, I'm thinking it's seven months old, but I'm still like, girl, I'll throw this in the floor. I'll throw it. And I'm thinking, where does she get her anger from? Amen? <laughs> I wonder, where is she getting that anger? She wants that fruit, and she wants it now. Amen? Well, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you who gets it. Let me tell you who gets how important educating children is. The enemy gets it. The devil understands the devil, see, see, here's one of the biggest things that Islam does. They realize if they can get them young enough, and they can indoctrinate them young enough, that they'll stay in it. And they realize that. And here's what, here's what Marxists believe. You've been hearing that a lot in the news these days. Marxist, socialist, communism. They, they know this. They understand this. The enemy knows that if they can get them just, just young enough, just young enough, that they can indoctrinate them, they can teach them. Whether it's in schools, whether it's in colleges or any of those things like that, they realize, they understand that, they, they get it. The Nazis of old, when we go back to them and we go back to World War II and we see the Nazis as such, and they realize they had something called the Nazi youth. If they could get a hold of the young people, if they could influence them enough, because that is that age where they can begin to influence them as such, if they could influence them, then they could change an entire world. And they nearly did. Folks, let me tell you something today. 
As we look at look at this as we look at this world and all that's happening in it, all that's happening with children, all that's happening with adults raising those children, I just want you to know, folks, it's going to be a hard road to hoe. But every every single church ought to be emphasizing its children. Now, I understand emphasizing youth, and I understand emphasizing emphasizing young adults and emphasizing adults and emphasizing seniors and all these different things like that. But, folks, I'm going to tell you something. This morning we had four little ones, four little ones. They got baptized this morning. Then we had a youth get baptized, praise God. I'm going to tell you something. Folks, that's what it's about. If the church can get a hold of them young enough, folks, we can transform an entire nation. And I promise you that. It will happen soon. If you would, please stand for the reading of God's holy word. We're going to be in the book of Matthew. Going to be in the book of Matthew. Chapter 19, starting with verse 13, it says this. You'll be familiar with it. Then were there brought unto him little children, that he should put his hands on them and pray. And the disciples rebuked them. But Jesus said, suffer little children and forbid them not to come unto me, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them and departed thence. Then Matthew 18, starting with verse 1. At the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child unto him and set him in the midst of them. And he said, Verily I say unto you, Except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. You may be seated. little boy, one time he was on the beach, and he walked up to this lady and he said, I, he said, I got a question for you. She said, okay. She was out enjoying the waves and enjoying the sun. He said, are you a Christian? She said, well, yes, I'm a, I'm a Christian. I, I am. He said, do you go to church every single Sunday? You go to, well, well yeah, yes, I, I, actually, I do go to church every Sunday. And she's getting a little curious, and she's curious and all. He said, well, you go to church every Sunday. He said, do you read your Bible every single day? She said, well, I, I try, sometimes I, sometimes I miss it, but I, I try to read my Bible every single day. And she said, but why, but why? He said, would you hold my quarter while I go swimming? See, see, here's the thing about little kids. They have a trust factor, folks. They have a trust factor. And see, here's well, the first thing we're going to look at today with these little kids. First thing we're going to see today is children have a contagious curiosity. Now listen, you say, oh, this isn't for me. This isn't for me. Listen. You remember when you were young and you would ask the questions. And even as you're older, you're asking questions, much deeper questions now. And the curiosity behind the children. And, and listen, they hunger. They hunger for knowledge. But I'm going to tell you something, folks. The knowledge we hand them at such a young age, and it gets younger and younger with a telephone. We put that, that cell phone in their hands, and they're able to find anything. But tell, let me tell you something. They're sending them more than they're trying to find. And they're looking into this thing, and, and somebody told me the other day, they said, Ryan, I, we're, we're, battling, we're battling porn in our house. And I said, I, said, I, I said, here's the problem. I said, the porn in your house is a problem. I said, but here's the problem. You think it's all hetero porn. Now, I know I'm a pastor. You're like, oh, listen, this is going too deep. No, 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 no. You think your kids are only getting sent heterosexual porn. And you think, oh, well, that's just a rite of passage for my young man. I mean, he's just, he's after the women and such. That's not the only thing they're sending them. There are people sending all kinds of nasty pictures all over that stuff. But here's the thing. They stay in, they stay in a curious mode until 7 or 8, 9, 10, and then they stop asking the questions. But as they're, as they're this age is such, they start asking all kinds of questions. Why does mom and dad do this? Why does grandma and grandpa do this? Why does this happen? Because I promise you one thing. They won't do what you say do. They'll do what you do. 
I'd love, I'd love sometimes, I'd love to sit back and say, man, my kids listen to everything I said. Boy, I come in here. And even today, my, my adult children, I'll man, sometimes I'm like, what in the whole world taught them? And it's like that old commercial. I learned it by watching you. Say, my goodness, the curiosity. Folks, let me tell you something. They're hungry. They're hungry for something. Oh, if the church would give them Jesus, I'm telling you, the devil has a restaurant, and he sells poop burgers, and everybody's eating them. Hey, listen, everybody's eating them because they taste like real beef. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's tearing us up on the inside. Our children are getting this stuff, folks. They are. The children are curious, and they want to know. They want to know what's happening. A child is an island of questions. I saw this. Surrounded by sharks. They have questions. These kids back here, you look at the kids we have in our own children's ministry, and they come in with all sorts of prayer requests. Would you please pray for my, pray for my daddy? He's going through this. Would you pray for my mama? And they're listening. You may not have told them to bring the prayer request, but they're listening, folks. They're listening. And they're desperately needing people back here to help them with children. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. Guess what the devil's doing? The devil's got plenty of people that'll help him. Oh, he's got volunteers lining up to help him. Hello, listen, I'd love nothing more, that person says, than to help that child learn about Marxism, communism, about pornography. I'd love nothing more than to teach that child about this or about that. And listen, the devil has so many, so many volunteers. It's amazing what he has. And folks, let me tell you what's happening in America. And I don't mean to step on any toes, although I like doing it sometimes. But let me just tell you something. Let me explain something to our youth, because I love you. And something to you guys, too. There is no such thing as strong Bieber Christianity. Here's what happens. And I, 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 listen, a young man can get saved one day. He says he is, Justin Bieber. And that's what they use. That's their example they use. They say, oh, well, Justin Bieber, he's saved, and he's always talking about Jesus. And then on the flip side, he's always talking about those girls and what he's doing with the girls, and he's hanging out with you. Let me, let, me, let me say something to you guys. Let me say something to you. There is no such thing as that type of faith. And what I mean by that, and I'm not just saying, oh, listen, he's just going, he's just going to bash people and he's going to stomp them. No, no, no. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. What the Bible says is if you would live in habitual sin, if you live in habitual sin, yet say you love Jesus, that you're a liar. That's first John. Now, sinning, you say, well, Ryan, I, I sin. Yeah, yeah, Ryan does. Ryan messes up. Here's the difference. If you, if you say to yourself, I'm going to live like I want to live every day of the week, and then I'm going to profess before people that I believe in Jesus Christ, what the Bible says, not what Ryan says, what the Bible says is that's a lie. And so as much as he's this close, he's this close, folks. Oh, he's this close. Bieber Christianity is going to destroy us. Let me give you a case in point. A lot of the youth like to call me the white Steve Harvey. That's what they like to call me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what they like to call me. That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. But, but let, me, let me tell you a little story about Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey is going to get it right one day. He is. And I believe, Steve's, I believe Steve may be saved. But I, I, here's, here's what, uh, if you know anything about Camp Grace, if you know anything about Camp Grace out there in Roberta, Georgia, every year they used to invite him there. Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey, well, not just invite him there, he would come there for a camp. And he'd have all these kids there and everything. And then they realized they had to go to Steve. And they said, Steve, your language is so filthy. It's so filthy. We can't have you here at this camp. He said, he said no, no, you don't understand. He said, these kids, they're not going to get what I'm trying to say unless I'm, unless I'm talking to them like this. Here's what the owner of the camp said. He said, I have these same kids with me 
all summer long. And they get it without me talking to them like that. Here was this great star. Listen, this great star that, that gets everybody sends me, everybody sends me clippings of him talking about the Lord. And I appreciate those. I love Steve Harvey. But I'm gonna tell you something, folks. Then he gets there, he says, he let, they said, you can't come back to our camp. I'm sorry. After the second time of doing it, you can't come back, Steve. We can't have you in here because it was so filthy. It wasn't, it wasn't even the A list. I'm talking about the B, C, D list. I'm it's awful words. But so listen, folks, that's not going to send anybody to hell, and I get it, but you're living a life consistently of that, and then saying on the other side of this, bless Jesus and crying, trying your best to quote scripture. We got to somehow get these kids at a younger age and teach them that there's a better life to live. Oh, it's going to take us in the wrong direction, folks. They're so curious. These kids are so curious for everything that's going on out there. And folks, I want to tell you something before I, before I move on to the next point. I'm going to try to hurry. But let me tell you something. We don't offer kids ministry for you. Let me, let me, let me tell you. Let me, oh, listen, we got to have kids ministry so we can get people in our church. No, 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 no. We got to have kid, kids ministry so we can tell kids about Jesus. You see, I'm not, yes, amen. Amen. I'm not, look, look oh, listen, we got, a, we got a nursery for the parents and things, and they're in there. But even in that point, as, they, as soon as they get old enough, give them the word and stuff. And somebody said, oh, well, listen, they got a good children's ministry. You can just drop your kid off and not worry about it. No, let me tell you something. The reason we keep having kids getting baptized is because Steve's back there telling them about the blood of Jesus at this size. I'm going to tell you something, folks. There's all sorts of stuff out there. Here's another thing. Children have temporary trust. I wish I understood. I wish I understood their trust in the Lord. I wish I understood childlike faith. Jesus said in these verses, he said, unless you have faith like a child, unless you're just able to say, no matter what comes my way, no matter if I get, if I get hurt, if I suffer, if I'm in pain, if I'm any of this, I just trust you, God, to bring me through. I just trust you. That's the trust I have. It's so hard because so many people have failed me. Human beings have failed me along the way. So I take that and I superimpose that on God and say, God, you'll fail me because my wife failed me or my husband failed me or my cousin failed me or this failed me and you keep putting that on him and he says no I have never ever ever failed you children just have trust they just have trust until it's broken so many times that they just they come into this world they have these such bright eyes and they're so happy until adult after adult after adult just breaks their heart and other children break their heart they just trust things it was so funny I, I heard uh, Chet was telling me a story about his little Emily Emily was trying to explain the Easter play to Philip Huckabee. And she was so excited, and she couldn't get all of it out. She was like, this was happening, this was happening, Jesus, and all that. She says, there were three bad guys. You know where I'm going. There were three bad guys. The first one was, was Judas, and then there was, then there was Satan, and then there was, I can't think of this one, Joe Biden. That's what it was, Joe Biden. That's another sermon for another day. <laughs> it's coming. Don't you worry. It's coming. Praise God. But they trust, and they trust, and they say, listen, I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to trust. And when we tell them about Jesus, when we tell them, and trust is hard, folks. Trust is hard. I, one, of the, one of the professions that I, that I trust the least is a dentist. I have trouble grinding my teeth, so I have to wear, I have to wear a mouth guard. Every time I go in for some kind of repair on my teeth from grinding my teeth and all that kind of stuff like that, he's always like, this won't hurt. 
And I always say it better not. <laughs> but, but Amy, look, the other day, this has been uh, several, a couple of years ago, she's having a root canal. This is my wife, Amy. She's having a root canal. Right now she's back there helping with the, the luncheon, but she had a root canal and she kept telling him, she said, I want you to give me whatever it takes for me not to feel you digging my root out. And so he gave her a shot. She said, so she looks at him, and you got to know my wife. She looks at him, and she says, I can still feel it. So he gives her another shot. She says, I can still feel it. He says, ma'am, that's all you're covered for in insurance. I don't care. I can still feel it. <laughs> but there's a certain amount of trust in all that. You know, we go, they, say, they say the most, the most trusted profession, the most trusted profession, two of the most uh, trusted professions are Doctors and pharmacists and pastors are way, way down here. Way, way down here. You know, children are going to come to our church, but they're going to come to our church for a few hours a week at most. The rest of the time, our youth are in school with their buddies. And there's a lot of pressure to send pics, and there's a lot of pressure to send uh, sayings and memes and all these different things to each other. What I'd say to Mountain View is, we better start caring. Because they're going to turn their trust away from Jesus. And they'll turn their trust to the ones that care about them. They'll turn their trust to the ones that invest in them. They'll turn their trust to those people. They'll turn their trust to that. I'm going to tell you something. If we just trust him for the good things, if we trust him for the bad things, and all through the bad things, say, God, I trust you in the midst of it. Just trust him. There was a woman one time, and I told 830 service about this one time. There was a woman one time. She goes out on the porch. She walks out on the front porch, and she says, Lord, I don't have any groceries. I don't have any food. I need you to bring me some food. I trust you. Oh, and she goes back in the house, but there's a neighbor of hers who's an atheist. And he overhears her and he thinks, my goodness, this is a crazy woman. So he goes and he buys us a couple of bags of groceries and he sets it on her porch and he goes and hides behind the bushes. She comes outside and she says, glory to God, thank you. I knew you'd bring it. Atheist jumps out. He says, you're such a crazy woman. Listen, I, I'm the one that bought these. You're trusting in the Lord. I'm the one that bought those. She says, glory to God, not only did you bring me groceries, but you made the devil buy them, praise God. <laughs> Trust. Trust. Hey, folks, you've got to trust, and that's what kids do. But I promise you, you know what they're doing. Hey, listen, you know what, you know what Steve told me? Steve told me, Ryan, uh, I just want to let you know that uh, I'm, hoping for, I'm hoping for 25 people to come back here today. My wife, Amy, and Nicole said it's probably not going to happen, Steve. You, you know what they need? You say, Ryan, this is just a recruitment sermon. No, 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 no. I started doing this one Monday. Then I realized, hey, this, this lunch is Sunday. <laughs> if somebody just give an hour and a half a month. If somebody, somebody give our kids an hour and a half a month. Hey, guess what? Public school is going to give them $9,000 a year for your kid. Private schools are going to give them $4,500 plus, plus well, all kinds of fees and stuff like that just to educate your kid. All these kids, all these money, they're investing in these kids. They're investing in all this kind of stuff. And you say, listen, I come to church just to get, get, to get mine. I, I'm here to get my blessing and walk out. That's called spiritual welfare, folks. You've got to work for some of this. Folks, I'm telling you, folks, listen, like it or not, here's the next thing. Children have cleaned canvases, folks. They have clean canvases. You say, Ryan, what in the world... What do you mean by that? They're a blank slate when they're little. 
I can come in and I can paint, I don't like you. I don't love you. You're stupid. You're worthless. You'll never amount to anything. I can paint that all over them. And it takes a lot to get that painted back over. It, they walk around that with their life, all their life. And they walk around this. They're getting it at home. And then they come to church and it's like, oh, well, I'm sorry your teacher isn't here today. Or you can't get him. We can't get somebody to volunteer here. And they're not hearing it so much in their face. They're hitting it off to the side. Your teacher's not here. We're going to combine classes. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. Oh, that's not, it's not acceptable in God's house. Don't get a lot of amens when you preach this kind of stuff. I understand. But the Lord is good, folks. Children are blank canvases, and we have our opportunity. Here, I, I just heard this from a missionary not long ago. He said when he was in the States, he and his wife used to, they'd go out and they'd get the kids from the neighborhoods. And they bring the kids into the church. And a lot of people in here have heard stories about you being at churches just like this. But they bring kids in from the neighborhood. And these kids were, they live with parents who were on drugs. And they, they live with parents who let them watch all kinds of garbage and all this thing like that. And I know, I know the danger and all that. But they kept bringing them in. They said, we'd, go, we'd get the bus. And we'd go get them on the bus. And we'd bring them there. Then we'd teach a Sunday school class. Then we'd have them something special on Thursdays. And then we would do this. And then we would do that. And all those kind of things that we would do with them. Finally, some, other, some of the older people in the church and some of the younger people in the church came walking up and they said, listen, what are we going to do when they start ruining the carpets? What are we going to do when they start ruining the walls? You know what I thought when I read that story? What are you going to do when they start putting them in cells? What are you going to do when they start what are you going to start when when they start painting on that canvas you're worthless hey by the way you're you're a murderer you're a drug dealer you're this and you're this and you're this when God's sitting there saying if you just got them young enough I could have told them they're mine if you just talk to them young, young, let me tell you about a child's faith. This is a true story. My buddy called me the other day. He, he's like a father to me. He's like a father to me, Mike Weldon. He called me, he said, and we got talking about childlike faith, and I got to crying. I said, this is so hard. I said, I go and I sit with a family one day, and I'm, I'm talking to somebody who's terminally ill. And then the next day, I'm talking to somebody about, hey, you know God can do anything. And I, I'm trying, I said, Lord, how do I, how do I have childlike faith? And, and God said, you just trust me. No matter it's good or bad, you just trust that I know what I'm doing. And I said, God, I guess I get it, but I was talking to this, this man, Mike Weldon, who is like a father to me. He said, Ryan, I have the same trouble. He said, let me tell you a story. He said, one day I was with my family, and we were going in to see my mama. He had a dear, dear mother, always on her knees praying. You, you hear about those mothers? This was her. She was dying of cancer. And he said, we went in, I, I saw her, he said, then my brother went in, he had a, his brother had a big family, so he'd take his daughter and his grandkids in on that side, then he'd take his son and his grandkids on that side. He said he took his daughter and the grandkids in to see his mother. Name's Bill. He took, Bill took his, his, his kids and grandkids in to see his mother. He went in to see his mother, and as he was coming in, the little, the little four-year-old, oh, two years old at this point, two years old, looks up and says, Heaven? And they kind of just pat her on the, they, they said, what'd you say? She said, heaven? Like a question. They said, no, 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 this is grandma's house. And nobody said a word. Nobody said a word. They went about their business. They prayed with their mom and they loved on their mom and all those things. A few years later, everybody would go to Bill's house when there were hurricanes, tornadoes as such. The South Georgia, and they would go, they would go there. They went over to that, they, they had some, she's seven now, the two-year-old's seven now, and they, they go into the house, and they would go down into the basement, because Bill's basement was so big, and they, they went downstairs in the basement, and he said, you know what, we're going to have Bible study, Bill's a good Christian man, he said, we're going to have Bible study, 
He said, tonight we're going to talk about angels. And then he just for the heck of it said, how many of you have ever seen an angel? Well, seven-year-old just put her hand up, and she was a spunky little girl, and you know what I'm talking about. But she, you know, she'd say things sometimes, and they were like, well, let's hear what she has to say. So Bill put her up in his lap, and he said, okay, tell us about the angel. She says, I remember when we went to see Grandma. And we walked in the house. And there was this big man standing by Grandma. And it was looked like a guard, like a policeman, but he was, he was dressed in white. He was right by Grandma, and all of them are crying and weeping and all those things. But you know what happens between two and seven? We tell them all that stuff is foolishness. All that stuff is foolishness. All that's hocus pocus. It's a sleight of hand. It's a magician's trick. No, no, friends. What she saw, she saw because of childlike faith. She said, I'm going to believe it no matter what. I'm going to believe it no matter what. Here's, here's, here, here's something else, folks. In these next two points, I hope I can hurry for you. But listen to me. Children need invigorated investment. I'm going to tell you something. If you, it's hard work raising kids. Somebody say, oh, what about multiple kids? Let me, let me tell you what that's like. <laughs> Pretend you're drowning and somebody hands you another baby. <laughs> you're, like, you're already drowning. But you know what they need? You know what they need? They need invigorated investment. You, get, you can't just give kids everything they want. Listen, listen, listen. If you give a pig every time it grunts, gets mad, you give it food, and you give a child every time it cries what they want, I'm going to tell you what you're going to end up with. A good breakfast and a bad kid. Amen? That's exactly what you're going to end up with. But you know what a church needs to do? A church needs to say, let me, let me tell you what's going to happen. Church is going to die unless you invest in children. I, I can't tell you anything else but that. Unless you invest in children, the church is going to die. And I don't know what that looks like. I ain't talking about buildings and all that. I'm talking about time with these kids. Hey, listen, love is spelled T-I-M-E. Love is spelled T-I-M-E. And I'm going to tell you something, invigorated investment. What if all of a sudden we were teaching kids to love our country? What if all of a sudden we were teaching our kids that Jesus died on the cross for their sins and can save anybody? What if we were suddenly teaching our kids that no matter what they've done, no matter what they've done up to this point, Jesus Christ can save them? What if all of a sudden we were to teach them, oh my goodness, can you believe this? What if we were to teach them that it's okay to sweat? What if all of a sudden we were to teach them that, that work is okay? That it feels good. I know you're hurt. I know you're hurt at the end of the day. But it feels good when some, you can face somebody and look them eye to eye and get a paycheck. Praise God. What if we were to teach them these things? What if we were to teach them from the day they were born? What if we were to say, church, they may get all that garbage out there. But when they come in here, praise God, we're going to teach them about Jesus. And we're going to teach them about the good things of God. What if we were to do that and we were to invest in them? And I'm talking about invigorated investment. Not waking up and going, oh, man, it's my week for the nursery. This is awful. Hey, God ordained the nursery just like you ordained my pulpit, praise God. I'll tell you something, folks. They need invigorated investment. But there's something else they need. They need an excited example. They need an excited example. I can tell you sometimes I look at even myself up here. I'll get to thinking about something while I'm singing in the choir. And I don't know if you guys can put some 
But I'm going to tell you something. The choir is ministry. And I'll get up here and I'm going to tell you something. Everybody out there watching and you're up here going, you know, blessed be the name of the Lord. You're, you're singing that and you look like you're so angry. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I can't wait. I've got something to tell my wife when I leave here. Whoa! I've had time to think. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> what kids need, let me tell you what kids need. Kids need, kids need a church that's on fire for the living Christ. And adults need a church that's on fire for the living Christ. They need to see people who are excited. I don't care for the Baptist church. Somebody will say, oh, Jesus, save me. And I'm willing to shout in the middle of it. They need an invigorated people, man. They need a church. Folks, here's what, here's, here's what I want you to remember. Here's what I want you to remember what Jesus said. You say, oh, these children are an afterthought. I'm finishing up. You say, these children are an afterthought. Not to Jesus. He said, you allow those children to come to me. You allow them to come to me. You know you can get in the way of that. You say, oh, listen, what that kid's wearing? They're wearing shorts in church. Get over it. Oh, listen, look at that person came in. They got alcohol in their breath. Praise God. Put them on the front row. Praise God. Oh, that man walking in here is so dirty and smelly. You bring him up here. Hey, that person who wants that seat won't ask him for that seat. Amen? I'm going to tell you something, friend. That ain't what we're about here. I promise you, every child we can bring in here, we ought to bring. Because you know what we're doing? We're stealing them from the devil. We're stealing them from the devil. Hey, let me tell you something, church. Let me tell you something, church. One more thing and I'm done. Stick a fork in me, I'm done. Here we go. Here we go. You invest in them. The church sometimes doesn't get it. But I promise you, the devil gets it. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Lord Jesus, we love you, Lord. And God, I thank you, Heavenly Father, for all you do. But God, I pray, Lord, for our children in this church and our youth in this church. And I pray, God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, you'll touch every one of them, God. And, Lord, they'll have a spirit move inside of them, God, where they want to get rid of all that that's on their phone that ought not be there, God. And all these adults in here that have it, Lord, I pray, God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, they'll get rid of it, Lord. And, God, I pray you'll strengthen us and help us, get us through, Lord. We desperately need to be those volunteers, those, those examples, those invigorated people, the invigorated investment, the excited example, God. Help us to be that, Lord. Help us to be that shining light for these children. God, we give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. In the precious name of Jesus. Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. What a wonderful and inspiring word we've just heard. It is our prayer that our Lord has richly blessed you through this message. Please join us next time for another message from our pastor. Until then, may you find hope and peace through Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior.